All right, welcome to the Big Gods Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Commissioner Jay. Welcome you back to another season of fantasy football and NFL talk. And this podcast talks about all things football and how it pertains to fantasy football. And we hope that at least it starts a conversation within your group of people and friends like it does for me. So today I thought I would talk about the top five teams this year and why I think um, they're up there. I don't think this should come as much of a surprise to you of the five teams. And we'll talk a little bit about the uh, two teams that I think are on the outside looking in and what they will do um, to get into that top five conversation. Uh, so let's just get into it right now. Um, again, the five teams that I talk about, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, obviously, uh, Super Bowl champions, uh, TB12, Tom Brady, uh, does it again, different team. Surrounded by some great players and, you know, the Mike Evans and the Chris Godwins of the world, amongst many other players, Tom Brady has done it again. And, you know, he keeps the teams together. You know, one thing about Tom Brady is he always restructures his contract. He keeps it low, but he still wins because he's able to keep some viable pieces to the puzzle. And the Buccaneers uh, needed a quarterback that was smart, can make good decisions, and a lot of times I look at Tom Brady and I look at Peyton Manning and I look at two quarterbacks that were such great players that could go into a huddle and see you know, what the defense is going to give them, make the audibles on the fly. You would see these guys will take what the defense gives them instead of a quarterback that comes out there and says, listen, I'm going to throw that pass regardless or you know, I'm going to hand this ball off. They are great tacticians of the sport, and Tom Brady will go down in history as one of the best, whether I like it or not. Uh, because, again, being a Buffalo Bills fan, it's certainly uh, something that isn't my favorite. Though I liked him when he was a Michigan Wolverine. Uh, when he went to the Patriots, my love for him went away. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, again, a top-five team. Whether they land in the number one spot will be remain to be seen. And, uh, you know, we'll see if uh, TB12 still has some tread left on the tires. Well, I think he does, unfortunately. But uh, we'll see. You look at their schedule, and they have the 29th hardest schedule in the league. So uh, the Buccaneers have a, a fairly easy schedule. So I think that they can go forward and, you know, kind of uh, – continue their winning ways. Um, second year as a cohesive unit under Tom Brady, I think is going to be pretty good. So number two, Kansas City Chiefs. This shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. Uh, you look at uh, Clay Edwards-Hilaire. You look at Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Uh, the list continues to go on defensively as well. Uh, and the Chiefs, they play the Number 11th hardest schedule, so they're kind of uh, right outside the top 10 hardest schedules, but I don't think the Kansas City Chiefs really mind. They get some things done. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, one of those guys that makes things happen, even if he's injured. And, you know, though the conversation has been the Buffalo Bills and the emergence of Josh Allen, uh, Patrick Mahomes doesn't seem to be too phased by it, and I think that he is uh, ready to continue to uh, – you know, win those games. And the question I think for a lot of people is the running situation. If Clay Edwards Hilaire is the real deal, I think he is. 
the second uh, time we've looked into the the running back core, and I think Hilaire will be a great addition to this team um, as he has been before. Hopefully, the injuries are something that doesn't uh, follow him. Number three, the Buffalo Bills, and you know everybody in the NFL and fantasy. And anywhere you look is Gaga over the Buffalo Bills. And you know what? I am too. Uh, Josh Allen is hopefully the real deal. And I know that's going to leave a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths because I said probably. But we've been down this path before where a great quarterback comes onto the scene. The expectations are super high. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, Josh Allen is the real deal. Um, Everybody from... You know, every NFL affiliate, uh, broadcaster, podcaster has said, you know, that they love Josh Allen. And I want to love him, too. And I'm hoping that this year will be the year that we get to the Super Bowl and win. You know, just getting to the Super Bowl isn't enough for me. I think the four Super Bowls that we went to and lost left a really bad taste in everyone's mouth. Uh, If you're a Bills fan, you still have tears about it and you're just, you know, you want to get uh, past that point. So um, I think the Bills did a great job in the offseason to really contain their team, put their team into a, uh, a winning state of mind to continue their winning ways. Um, Josh Allen still has Stefan Diggs, who continues to amaze. Uh, you look at Cole Beasley, who's a great, great player. And uh, they picked up Emmanuel Sanders. And uh, we lost smoke, John Brown, but I think that Emmanuel Sanders in this offense could be a phenomenal addition. And you look at the running back situation, and obviously the concern, uh, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, um, they picked up Matt Breda, and hopefully Matt Breda will provide a little bit of a spark. And I'd like to see um, a good OTA. I'd like to see these players come in and fight for the job, and someone emerge out of that backfield. Um, I have enough confidence in Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean uh, to put the right roster out there, to put the right players out there, to make it to make it work. So um, I wanted to see a running back being taken in the draft, um, a high draft pick, but it didn't happen, and that's okay. Uh, the Buffalo Bills went in the direction of defense, which is something that they needed. Sometimes not the most sexiest thing to do, but they picked up some big galoops and uh, hopefully they pan out to, to play well. You look at the Bills' schedule. They have the 23rd hardest schedule in the league, so they have a decent shot of making some headway again this year. Uh, in another podcast, we'll kind of break down the Buffalo Bills and we'll look at where they are schedule-wise, the wins and the losses. Uh, the division in the draft and free agency has gotten better for the Bills, so their competition, uh, the Miami Dolphins, we've seen sparks of them going in the right direction, and uh, Tua Tagliavea um, picking up some good players to kind of surround himself and no longer fits magic, um, waiting in the wings uh, to step in and help him. So it's Tua's show, and uh, we'll see what the Dolphins have done. I think the Dolphins have made some really good moves this year and will provide uh, some stealthy competition in the AFC East. So uh, number four, Baltimore Ravens. And you look at Lamar Jackson, and I'm not the biggest fan of Lamar Jackson. I will be the first to say that. 
though the running quarterback has always been something that has fascinated me. Back to the days of Randall Cunningham and Steve Young, uh, two of my most favorite quarterbacks back in the day. Uh, I love the idea of a quarterback just picking the ball up and running. But over the years, I've kind of realized that the pocket quarterback has a little bit more staying power and longer careers. Uh, just ask Steve Young. I think when you're back in that pocket and uh, you're able to assess the field a little bit better, I think it's it works. And um, Lamar Jackson, physically gifted, um, back when people were saying, oh, hey, Lamar Jackson, you're more of a running back. Uh, he's not a running back, but I still think he has some some room to improve in the accuracy. And I think I think he still feels like he needs to kind of get up and run out of the pocket. And uh, you see the rushing yards and the rushing touchdowns. Though Josh Allen does the same thing. And I'd like to see Josh Allen be a little bit more contained and use the receivers that he has um, on that team. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, but the Ravens this year run up against the number two hardest schedule in the league. So they have some tough competition this year. And uh, it'll be a good test for Lamar Jackson to see where he stands and see where he goes uh, with this team. Um, so time will tell. And uh, number five for me is the Green Bay Packers. And I say this with an asterisk in here, and uh, I think everybody knows why. And they're the number five team in that mix of the top five teams. And again, I didn't rank them exactly one, two, three, four, five. It's just these are the top five teams that I see. If Aaron Rodgers isn't part of this organization come week one, they're not a top five team. So uh, Aaron Rodgers definitely moves the needle. He definitely puts people in the right state of mind. He says he's not coming back. Um, and the Packers right now are desperately trying to uh, mend the fence. I don't know if it's something that can be done, but it's something that they are working desperately at to try to figure out. So we'll see as we watch uh, the early stages of the OTAs and the preseason portion of football before week one. So this summer will be interesting to see if Aaron Rodgers is a Packer or not. So again, with him in the lineup, they play the number fourth hardest schedule in the league. They're going to need Aaron Rodgers uh, to make some things happen. And, uh, you know, again, that helps Devontae Adams' fantasy production as well, just as a side note. Um, but uh, again, in the draft, I don't think that the Packers did Aaron Rodgers any favor offensively. Uh, putting receivers or players of, of caliber for him. Uh, we remember back uh, when Jordan Love was drafted, uh, which basically threw this into a tailspin. Aaron Rodgers wants to be supported. He feels that he's been carrying this team on his back for far too long. And Aaron Rodgers got a chip on his shoulder. Let's not, let's not you know, mix words here. We, we know that's the kind of guy he is. But you know what? When you bring the kind of play that Aaron Rodgers brings, I guess you can, you know. The other part of this, too, is San Francisco and Cleveland. And I, I, I rated them on the outside looking into the top five quarter, basically, teams. And, you know, you look at who's better. And, you know, on paper, normally the San Francisco 49ers would be the team. And uh, the Cleveland Browns have been a dumpster fire like the Bills for quite some some years. And uh, it's really hard to talk about the Cleveland Browns in a winning way, in a way that, uh, you know, 
you can be proud of. Uh, I know some Cleveland Brown fans, um, and they're like, "This is going to be the year." You know, this is going to be the year, and we're gonna we're gonna make it happen. And um, it doesn't happen. You know, last year um, they did a good job. They got into the playoffs and didn't go far, uh, but they went in the right direction. And um, in a division that has been basically owned by the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Cleveland Browns look this year to kind of move that. So San Francisco or Cleveland? That's the question I have for you today is, you know, which team is better on paper, in, in fantasy? You know, you look at strength of schedule for both of these teams. And the San Francisco 49ers play the 19th hardest schedule in the league. Cleveland has the ninth. So Cleveland's got their work cut out for them. Um, they do a home-and-home series with the Baltimore Ravens, and um, they, they have some tough games. Uh, Baker Mayfield, I think, has matured enough um, where he's really starting to make some heads turn. Uh, you look at the running back situation, you know, Chubb and Hunt, maybe one of the best one-two combinations in the NFL uh, that, you know, you don't know what you're going to run into. It's, uh, you know, it's a tough one. You look at OBJ, Landry. And then, you know, you look at that third receiver, um, Donovan Peoples um, and then Rashad Higgins, uh, two guys that are trying to make this roster and really make that third spot work. I don't think the Browns' offensive line is that good. I think their guards are strong. Um, and you look at the cornerback situation, basically Denzel Ward is the, the standout at that spot. Uh, their guards are good. You know, you have Wyatt Tellers and Joel Batonio and their center of Treader. Uh, is pretty good. So again, I shouldn't say the offensive line is weak. It's not as strong as it needs to be. Um, and again, they have to protect Baker Mayfield this year. They have to, you know, hit some holes for Chubb and Hunt to get through. And, and they did a good job with that in, in the interior part of that line. Some of the key games um, for the Browns this year. Um, again, Week One, they play the Chiefs, the four o'clock game. Talk about just throwing it out there, and that is going to be one hell of a game as you look at both of these teams, and Baker versus Mahomes. And, um, you know, it's in Arrowhead Stadium. So, again, they're on the road. They start out, and this was going to be a great test. And I think if the Browns could upset the Chiefs, and I say that's an upset because, again, the Chiefs have cauterized the league and really put together, um, you know, their winning way. And it, Arrowhead's a tough place to play, let's be honest, and we know that. Um, you know, that's a, that's a tough game. If they can win that game, that will propel their season in ways, you know, uh, they've never seen before. So I, I really think that's the, the biggest game. You look at week number five and you look at the, uh, Browns playing at the chargers and Justin Herbert's team, and it is Justin Herbert's team. Uh, they lost Hunter Henry, I think is a huge, uh, piece, uh, but they still have some great players, and the Chargers uh, making some moves, you know, Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert getting their thing going. And, um, you know, this team uh, could very well be a formidable force. Uh, but I think it'll be a tough game for the Browns. I think this is going to be a tough game for the Chargers as well, if you look on the flip side of it. Uh, you also look at some other games, too. The Browns at the Ravens in Week 12 and 13. It's that home-and-home home series that is going to be a tough one for both of these teams. Because, again, um, you know, you're playing those interdivisional games. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes people are going to say, hey, they're going to split. They're going to split the games. And, you know, that's what's going to be. Um, Browns need to walk away from that one this year with, some, with, with both wins if they can do it. Um, I think that's a tough, tough task. 
Um, and, you know, basically week 15, um, the Browns at the Packers. And if, if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback for the Packers, then that's a very tough game late in the season uh, for the Browns that they may very well need to propel them into the playoff picture as well. And, you know, a lot of times we talk about the Steelers uh, being the dominant team, but I think the Steelers have a really tough task in front of them. I think Big Ben is at the end of his rope. I think that the Steelers play the number one toughest schedule in the league this year. And, you know, again, you have some good players. You got Juju Smith-Schuster and, you know, Chase Claypool, who continue to do very, very well. And uh, they picked up Najee Harris, which I don't know if he's going to pay instant dividends right away. Uh, but he's definitely somebody that they needed, and they seem to churn out the running backs in Pittsburgh as well, so it's not a bad thing. But the Steelers need work, and I think they're on the downslide right now, and they have to come up with a situation where um, you know Dwayne Haskins and Mason Rudolph are in the background. Will Dwayne Haskins find his way you know, as a starter at some point? Um, they might want to take a flyer on this guy, but who knows? Time will tell. Big Ben says he's still ready to go. You know, is Juju Smith, Schuster, and Clay, Trace Claypool enough to propel this team? Uh, James Washington, very nice combination for those three receivers as well. Uh, you know, Kalen Balaj is also a running back um, that's going to vie for running time between him and Najee Harris. So we'll see what happens with these guys. Defensively, you know, TJ Watt, what he can do on the field. And Eric Ebron, the tight end. Uh, and I like this guy. I don't know what it is about him. I just think he's got some tread left on his tires, and I think he's a great dump-off guy for Big Ben. So Steelers could surprise some people, even though they're playing the toughest schedule in the league. And, uh, you know, the Bengals, uh, got to mention them. Uh, Joe Burrow picking up some offensive help this year. They play the sixth toughest schedule in the league. So, um, you know, not to say that the Bengals won't be part of this conversation. I think that they will um, at some point. So, um, what do I think about the Cleveland Browns as a whole? Again, they're the Browns. Uh, they have orange helmets. So I have no idea what the hell's going on with that. I've said that for years. Um, now they at least have some decent Brown jerseys. Um, but you know, again, Baker Mayfield leads this team and he has to continue to move the needle. He has to continue to become the consummate professional and win those games. He's starting to become a clutch quarterback. He's starting to become the guy that is making things happen. So we're pretty happy to, to, to put a flyer out and say that the Browns are going to be pretty good this year. Now you look at the San Francisco 49ers on the flip side, and you say, you know, how are they, what are they looking like this year? And, you know, the Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance situation is, is intriguing. Um, you know, Kyle Shanahan says, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's our guy. We're going to bring Trey Lance in. We're going to slowly bring him up. Um, however, I think that if the wheels fall off on the bus in San Francisco early on, I really think that Kyle Shanahan's going to pull the plug and put Trey Lance in there. Um, we thought that Jimmy Garoppolo was going to move. I thought Jimmy Garoppolo was going to go to the New England Patriots. Somehow, some way that could still happen, but um, – there is going to be some tension there. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo says he's going to work with Trey Lance. He said he's going to make it you know, happen um, where they're going to transition. You kind of hope to see that. I've seen an interview from Trey Lance uh, about, a, about a month ago, and uh, I really liked the way that he talked, Trey Lance I'm talking about, um, how he carried himself. He really seemed to fill the, the spot, and uh, you know, quarterbacks have to have the chops 
he really seemed like he did have it. Uh, I thought that was a, a pretty good uh, indication. Uh, even though that uh, when the draft happened, he really wasn't the guy that I thought they were going to pull the trigger on. No, nor did anyone else, but he did. So when you look at the the 49ers running back situation, you look at Raheem Mostert is really the guy. I mean, can he stay healthy? Will he be the number one guy? I think he's got a lot of upside. Um, but when you compare it to Chubb and Hunt, I think, you know, Cleveland has that decisive edge when you break it up against, um, you know, the 49ers. So 49ers are more of a pass-friendly team, but they need to have the run game, and I think Cleveland wins on that. When you look at the Browns versus the Niners in the tight end situation, Austin Hooper and Njoku. Njoku's had his problems with the Cleveland Browns, and we talked about trades and all that stuff, and Austin Hooper is a a steady Eddie-type player. Um, He's going to get the job done. He's a safety net and works really well. For the Niners, they got George Kittle. There's really not much to say. George Kittle is rock star. He gets the job done. Advantage 49ers. You look at the receiver situation I talked about earlier, OBJ, Landry, um, and them looking for their third player. Um, You look on the other side, you look at, again, Samuel Ayuk, and then they're, again, looking for a third player as well. Mohamed Sanu, Travis Benjamin, and Kevin White kind of round out that area. And uh, Ayuk and Samuel are as solid as they come. And again, you look at the health factor of the 49ers. They've seemed to run into, you know, injury situations that have put them on the outside looking in. I know Jimmy Garoppolo's name is synonymous with kind of injury prone. And he's not, you know, to the stage right now where you're looking at him and saying, this guy's injured every week. But again, I think that's the reason why Trey Lance is San Francisco 49ers because they don't believe that he had everything that was needed to stay upright. And that was a problem. And um, again, they have to look and try to find that third player. Sanu is getting old. Travis Benjamin has had flashes of brilliance and Kevin White as well. But again, they need that third receiver. So I'm going to really say, you know, advantage 49ers because of Kittle. Um, again, Austin Hooper is going to give you consistent production, but Kittle's going to give you over-the-top back-breaking power. So um, I think that, again, uh, advantage to the San Francisco 49ers. When you look at, um, you know, the, their centers, you know, Alex Mack is is solid as they come. He's the anchor to that offensive line. I think their offensive line for the 49ers, the advantage goes to the Niners. I think they're stronger. Uh, you look defensively, and again, I think defensively, uh, you know, Saleh was there. He's no longer there. He's now the Jets guy. But uh, Nick Bosa, D. Ford, and Fred Warner are three guys that kind of jump out and really stand out. And again, when you have two defensive ends like Ward and Bosa and Warner up the middle, uh, good things are going to happen. And, um, you know, advantage defensively uh, for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, it, that's something that I think they should look at. Um, so if I'm going to break down this team and I'm going to make a decision, um, I want to say it's going to be the, the Cleveland Browns that have the advantage and the better team. So when I'm looking at these top five teams and I'm looking at two teams that are on the outside looking in, I see the Cleveland Browns, the San Francisco 49ers. I think the Cleveland Browns will have the decisive advantage. And that might be surprising for some people that know me. 
Uh, I've never been a real big Cleveland Browns fan. Uh, but statistically, I think Baker Mayfield is turning the corner. I think he doesn't get as injured as a Garoppolo and Trey Lance is going to take some time to get in there. I think Chubb and Hunt is a great one-two combination. So if one guy goes down, the other guy becomes a full-time running back. And I think that is huge. Where Raheem Mostert has had his issues staying healthy as well. Uh, Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, I mean, come on. Those are two great receivers. And then if Donovan Peoples and Rashad Higgins can find their way into that number three spot, I think it'll really work well um, you know, for this team. And I think, uh, you know, again, you look at Austin Hooper and David Njoku, um, again, solid enough uh, to make that happen. And their offensive line interiorly, I think, will give Baker Mayfield enough time to get some things done. Uh, defensively, like I said, they've got their work cut out for them. They need to kind of really flourish on that defensive side. And I think when you look at the schedules that, you know, we talked about before, um, the ninth hardest schedule, their defense is going to have to step up. Their defense is going to have to make some some serious moves. So, um, But I do think the Cleveland Browns um, would be that team above in the 49ers. Uh, again, the health is probably the biggest concern, and Kyle Shanahan has to make that decision whether uh, it's going to work or not uh, for this team. So, so yeah, that's my uh, my start of this fantasy podcast for big guns, uh, trying to uh, bring together some some conversation and some thoughts um, as we move forward, and we'll get into a lot of other situations. I know that there's some discussions about Carson Wentz now being a Colt with Frank Reich and what's that going to look like. You look at some of the other quarterback situations. We'll obviously talk about the Buffalo Bills, and we'll try to uh, you know really get the dial moving here with some conversation. That's all the time I have for now. If you like what you heard, let me know. Thanks.